Oh, hello, and welcome to Horror Time Video. I assume you're here because you are a fan of horror. Let me take you to some of our collection here. Wait, 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 don't tell me, don't tell me. I know exactly the type of film that will suit your needs. Here, wh why don't you take a seat? And you can watch it from our TVs. Oh, yes, yes. So this one, this one is about... Well, let's just put it in. We start our tale here, just as many do, along a dark, dreary highway, where two friends, Matt and Pat, have stumbled upon a legendary horror video rental store. Let's join them, shall we? Hey guys, Matt here. This is Pat. So we are on our way to Horror Time Video. If you didn't check out our trailer, I suggest checking it out because I got a commercial of this old horror video rental store that's been a legend on the internet, became popular on the internet, um, and no one thought that it existed, but apparently it does exist. I got this VHS sent over to me by some random guy on the internet. I know, not shady at all. And he gave me the address too, again, not shady at all, but hey, we're taking our chances and we're headed there, right, Pat? You got it. <clears throat> So, um, but basically the general gist of what we want to do is while we're going to make a horror time video podcast where we talk about the videos that we watch from the rental store. So me and Pat have a plan of renting two videos from the store. So, um, we are almost there. Um, hey Pat. Yeah. There, yeah. See that road? Yeah. Right yeah, over there? Just, yep. Yep. Right on there. Okay. Yeah. Turn over there. Now is it going to be right there, or do we have to no, go down a secret path, or how? <laughs> I'm going to think it's down this weird dirt road right here. I don't know why there would be a rental store in the middle of like a forest, oh, but <laughs> this just gets weirder and weirder. Um, okay. Oh no, you see it? See it there? This hard oh time video. Gosh. Oh my god. Alright, park the car. Park it. Park it. Okay. Uh, Alright, let's go. You really want to get out? Yes, I want to go. Okay. I want to rent some videos, man. Alright, alright. We should be fine. It'll be it'll be fine. Oh yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. I don't I don't feel like I'm you know yeah, I don't this doesn't feel shady or anything. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Wonder how they are on late fees. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but they're all the way back here. Think they have a drop off box? 
I don't know, man. All right. Drop off to hell. <laughs> All right, let's head on in. Here we go. Calling all freaks, weirdos, outcasts, ghouls, and lonely souls. Music's Metaphor is chillingly pleased to bring you the Lonely Souls Virtual Festival on Saturday, October 23rd at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Join us for the first annual Mental Health Halloween Music Festival. The spectacular event will feature independent artists from the USA and beyond. For Depression Awareness Month, we hope to encourage and empower people who might be feeling afraid, anxious, depressed, or alone this fall. Special VIP $5 tickets will give a Halloween bag for a child in need in Orange County, California. No tricks, just treats. Get your tickets at musicsmetaphor.com. See ya. Dude, what was with that guy? I don't know. He was creepy and he was giving a stank eye. <laughs> I felt like I was in like, you know that episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark with like Dr. Vink in the oh middle of God. the forest? No. Yeah, with, like the oh Phantom Taxi Cab. Do you remember that? Oh my God. gosh. No, yeah, that's no, what I felt no. like I was in. You can't say that. Don't say I that. I know, I know. I feel like we're going to have to like, I feel like we're going to have to solve a riddle on the way home. Oh God, I hope it's easy. <laughs> Just remember, the answer is a hole in the barrel. That's what makes it lighter. Gotcha. Yep, yep, a hole in the barrel. I remember. All right, yeah. Me too. All right. <laughs> All right, let's head back. All right, getting in. We'll see you back at our place, um, and we're going to um, pop the videos in. We're going to watch them, and then uh, we'll go from there. The girl in the mirror. Okay, so I was about the age of 13 when this story took place. I lived in an old house just on the outside of a large city. It was surrounded by cornfields and forests, and I'd lived there for pretty much my whole life. So it was a dreary summer night, which is mostly normal for the place I live in. But on this particular night, something just felt off. I had come home from soccer practice around 6 p.m., so it gave me time to eat dinner play outside with my little sister, and do some weightlifting. My parents always like to have me in bed by 7.45. Oh, um, for this story to make sense, if I, I need to tell you a few things about me. I'm a restless sleeper. I toss and turn, and I get up periodically through the night. And also, I've always had a fascination with the afterlife and the paranormal. That will make sense in just a little bit. But anyway, back to the story. So I'm not sure exactly what time I fell asleep, but I didn't really have my usual episodes through the night. No tossing, no turning. This was the first night I slept peacefully in years. But I was suddenly awoken by a strange noise coming from the bathroom located in my bedroom. Well, since I had to use the bathroom anyways, I decided to go check it out. 
Well, I went over to the bathroom. I didn't see anything, so I went to the bathroom, and afterwards, as I was washing my hands and my face, I looked up the large mirror that overhangs my sink. My eyes were still kind of blurry, but I could see something. Or at least I thought I saw something behind me. But maybe my mind was just playing tricks on me. I dried my face off, and I looked up at the mirror again. Right behind me, there was a little girl, clutching my body. It was almost as if she was hiding from something. She had a ghostly outline that scared me at first, but I just kept looking. I could tell whatever was scaring her was coming from the basement because she kept pointing in that direction. I've, up until this point, I've never been in my basement. I know, I know. 13 years of being in the house. But I just couldn't bring myself to go to the basement. But that night, I just had to find out. So I walked to my basement door. I opened it slightly. I have to admit, I was pretty scared what might be behind it. My dad mentioned to me that... The basement had three separate parts. It was all separated by windows that you could barely fit through. So at least I had an idea of the layout before going down. So I walked down the basement steps and got to the bottom where the light switch was. Turned it on. All seemed like it was okay. That's until I heard what sounded like crying from one of the other parts of the basement. In my mind, I was thinking, F this. But in my heart, I knew I had to see what was going on. So I ventured through the basement, but the light couldn't reach the other side. It was pitch black. I still heard crying, but since it was so dark, I couldn't see anything. Something gave me the urge, however, to go to the far corner of the room where the moonlight reflected off of the floor. You could kind of see with the little light that you had. I walked over to the corner and stared directly in the middle of the room. There, in the middle of the room, was a chair. It had shackles for the feet and what looked like to be some type of restraint for the arms something like that. That's when I noticed there was something sitting in that chair. For some reason, I walked closer, only to reveal that it was the same little girl ghost that had been crying previously in the bathroom. She was also crying there and had needles stuck in her arms, draining some type of fluid into her. All was quiet until she started screaming. It was so high-pitched, I thought it sounded like a siren or something of that nature. She was saying words, but I couldn't make out anything she was saying. Until she spoke five menacing words that made my heart sink. 
get out. Daddy is coming. Not even thinking twice, I sprinted up the basement stairs, tripping over my own feet and fell flat on my face. Once I reached the top, I got back up and ran to my parents' room. I told them what happened. They went down there and checked everything out. I told them about the chair and the little girl that was screaming before they went down. They came back up and they told me that there was no chair in the basement they had, and that there had never been three parts of the basement. But how could that be? My dad specifically told me that there were three parts of that basement. So I walked back down there and that room with the chair, it, it was gone. There had only ever been two parts of the basement? My dad shook his head. Yes. I told him what I saw and how I knew there had to be some mistake. But I never did see that part of the basement again. I'm 18 now. And I decided to do some research on the house to see if there's any history that could have caused that. I came across an article of a man who had been arrested in 1868 of doing lab experiments on all of his children. After the man was arrested, the police found all 12 skeletons of his children stuffed behind the basement stairs under debris and concrete. <sighs> but now that I have finally moved out of that house, that I finally have somewhat of an answer as to what I saw that night, I'm finally somewhat at peace. But those five words... Those five words still hang over me to this day. Get out. Daddy is coming. My new apartment. My name is Nicholas Abernathy. My friends call me Nick. I'm 32 years old, and here is my story of why I left my dream home to find my new apartment. About a year ago, I lived at 253 Dead Man's Lane in a small town in Delaware. I can't remember the name, but this is where the story takes place. There's a reason they call it Dead Man's Lane. I know that now. I don't live there anymore. I now reside at an undisclosed location due to the events that occurred at my previous residence. I don't want them to know where I am. I hope you understand. The town was a very small town, a one stoplight town, a town so small that if you blinked while driving through, you'd miss the whole entire town, which was perfect for me. It was a welcome escape from the hustle and bustle of my city life, which was slowly draining me to the point of exhaustion. So when my boss at the time came up to me and said our company was downsizing and that I would be let go, I gladly took the severance package and moved on with my life. 
I grew up in a small town, so I was familiar with the quiet and simplicity that it offered, and I longed to go back there again. So while sitting in my big city apartment, I grabbed my laptop and started searching. I came upon a Victorian house built in 1859. It was beautiful, dark blue, with dark gray trim, two floors, a balcony, front porch, and a very small room at the top of the house with an octagon-shaped window. For some unknown reason, I've always wanted to live in such a house, so that's like a dream come true. The price wasn't bad. <laughs> Actually, it was pretty good. Whoa, some would even say. So I called the number displayed in the ad, made arrangements with the older gentleman, to see it a few days later. Upon arriving at the house, it looked just like the picture, except one small detail. It was in the middle of a giant field of dirt. There was nothing around it, no trees, no bushes, not even crops. Once there, I met an old man who said his name was Bernie or Benny or something. I can't really remember. He said he was the owner of the house and that I could feel free to look around if I wanted to. I asked if he was coming in. His face turned pale. No, uh, I'll stay right here. Thank you. Looking back now, it should have been a red flag. An owner that wouldn't go inside his own house? Big red flag. But I was naive. I blew it off and entered the house alone. I expected it to be a little run down and dirty given the dirty field that surrounded it. But to my surprise, it was immaculately clean, completely furnished and looking like something straight out of a magazine. I went through each room in total awe of its beauty, each room except the little room with the octagon window. I couldn't find the door for the staircase on that. This too, I found a little odd. In the basement, I've never been a big fan of basements, so I figured I'd check it out at some point, but not right now. What's the big deal? It's a basement. I met up with the old man outside, and we discussed and agreed on a price. He informed me that everything in the house was included under the deal, under one condition. No furniture can be removed from the house or moved to any part of the home. Everything must stay exactly where it is. You may use any of the appliances, books, and things of that sort, but they must be returned exactly where they are now. You may add to it, but nothing can be removed. Given that all the furniture and such was from the Victorian time, I thought, why get rid of it and agree to this condition? He was a retired steel mill worker. You could tell from his physique. He may have been old, but the man had muscle. He had bought the house some 30 years back with the same conditions that he had told me. He never lived in the place, said it troubled his wife immensely from the first day she saw it. He tried to sell it, but the deals always fell through for some reason. Until then, Mr. B handed me the keys, and as he did, he grabbed hold of my hand and pulled me towards him and whispered, Beware of the rain. There's a reason he said that to me. I know that now. He then hung his head and slowly walked away. He knew. I didn't know, but he did.
I was in my office when the rain started to fall. Almost as soon as it did, I started to hear music. Not today's music, but orchestra music, big band music. I didn't have a radio up there. I'm in the middle of a field, so a car couldn't be coming by. I started to get concerned. Where was it coming from? I walked down the spiral staircase in my room, hearing it play still. I walked into the hallway and then to the room across from mine. As as soon as I put my hand on the doorknob, it stopped. And so did the rain. That was weird. Must have been my imagination. The rain hit in the gutter somehow, making acoustic sounds of music in the house. Something has to be there, right? After a while, I stopped thinking about it and continued on with my night. And then a few days later, I ran into Mr. B in the hardware store, and I told him about what happened. He didn't seem surprised. He just said, I tried to warn you, and left. The day that changed my life forever happened about two weeks later. I was at work. I had taken assistant manager position at a local department store. The pay wasn't good as my previous job, but I wasn't as stressful either. During my shift, this guy came up to me out of nowhere. He was a big biker guy, biker type, 50-ish with long gray hair and tats. Hey, you own the old Bennett place out in Dead Man's Lane, don't you? Yes, I do. You're braver than I am. I wouldn't go near that place. Hope you found Jesus. You're gonna need him. The ride home that day was unsettling. Everything that had happened was starting to get to me. I was nervous. Nervous to go home. After what this guy said, what Mr. B said, and the music thing, that weird basement, I was on edge. On edge so much that when I walked through the door, instead of placing my keys on the shelf by the door, I tossed my keys, hitting a small ceramic ballerina. Oh, shit. Something was not only going to be moved, but broken. There was no way to put it back. Then I heard it. The little growling sound, like a wild animal coming from the basement door then from the kitchen, then upstairs, then everywhere. I couldn't take it anymore. I grabbed my head and I fell over into fetal position. I started screaming, stop, stop, sorry, please stop. Didn't stop. It got louder and louder. From the floor, I could see the basement door open quickly and slam shut. All the doors were doing it now, except the front door that remained closed for some reason. I felt very cold breeze go right through my body. Every light in the house was turning on and off, on and off. I managed to get to my feet, running down the hallway towards the kitchen. The main floor bathroom door flung open, hitting me hard and knocking me backwards down the hallway.
I opened the door quickly, only to see Mr. B standing there, shaking, sweating. Not nearly the composed man I knew. There's a really bad storm coming. We gotta get out of here. I can't, with all good conscience, let you stay here alone. We have to go now. The storm clouds moved in fast at a speed I've never seen before. Thunder started to roar. I tried to explain to Mr. B that I have broken a knickknack. That's the least of your worries. Let's go. The rain started falling hard. Lightning was crashing as the thunder roared. That music started playing again, only this time Mr. B heard it as well. Then what happened next seemed like something out of a bad horror movie. The house seemed to suck Mr. B into it, nearly knocking me down in the process, and sliding him fast across the floor and slamming him into the table that laid against the adjacent wall, breaking the leg of the table and forcing it to crash to the floor. Another thing broken. The door slammed with a force so hard that it broke both the front windows, allowing the rain to pour into the house. I quickly ran over to make sure Mr. B was okay. Son of a bitch! It's too late! We are never getting out of here now! The growling started again, only this time it seemed it was right in front of us. I felt a real bad burning on my left arm, lifting my sleeve to see what it was. I saw three scratch marks with blood dripping from the third. Mr. B grabbed hold of his neck after lifting his hand. I noticed the same three scratches, only this time all of them were bleeding. Bleeding bad. House is coming alive! Upstairs, we must get upstairs. The lightning bolt hit the electric pole outside, causing the house to go black. Now, in total darkness, hearing that music, hearing that growling, and both of us bleeding, I quickly pulled out my phone to turn on the light so we had at least a little bit of light to see. Mr. B's phone was broke in the crash. I turned on my light only to notice that the cellar door was slowly opening by itself, the growling getting louder, and what appeared to be a black mass through pouring out of the basement door and heading our way. Look out! I grabbed Mr. B by the arm and pulled him out of the way, barely escaping the door. It should have been 20 25 steps, seemingly like 30 or 40. Finally reaching the top, I shined my light down the hallway. The hallway seemed longer than I remembered. Extra doors I'd never seen before. The walls were expanding and contracting, like the house was breathing. We ran and ran, and just as the red goo was about to hit the floor, I arrived at my bedroom door, grabbing the knob and opened it quickly, looking back, hoping to see Mr. B right behind me. But unfortunately, he was not. Shining my light down the hallway, I could see that he was about a quarter way from the door, running as fast as he could, but getting nowhere. It was like he was running on a treadmill. The red substance oozed down to the floor and quickly uh, made the feeling straight to Mr. B. I screamed, Give me your hand! I'm trying. 
I stretched my hand out as far as I could. Mr. B extended his, but it was too late. The red substance reached his shoe. The substance began to burn him. The smell of burning flesh filled the hallway as more of the substance reached him. Mr. B ignited into flames. I could still hear his screams in my head. I only lasted a few seconds and it was gone. So was my friend, Mr. B. Gone. From out of my bedroom window, I could see what appeared to be flames. When the lightning hit the pole, it must have caused the transformer to catch fire, igniting the house as well. The outside of the house is burning, but not the inside. And the rain wasn't stopping it. What the hell is this place? Shining my light back into the room, I could see shadows in the shape of people appearing on the walls. Some short, some tall, and then the voices. I'm so cold. Help me. Down below, I could see the rain had fallen so hard and fast that it washed away the dirt from the field, exploding skeletal remains all around the house. Then it hit me. Oh my God. This was not a house. It was an old funeral home built on a cemetery grounds. They must have removed the headstones and left the bodies. That would explain everything. In shock, I stepped backwards, my back hitting the wall and sliding down into a sitting position. My phone had fallen to the floor. The light just so happened to be shining on the doorway. I mumbled to myself. I didn't know. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see a black mass in the shape of a person crawling through the doorway and over to me. Shrieking a horrible sound, it reached his hand out as if to choke me. Totally exhausted, I put my hands over my eyes and screamed as the shadow engulfed the room. Speaking with the landlord and the police officials, I gathered that when they found me, I was in the basement lying on one of the tables, mumbling to myself. I didn't recall any of that. Mr. B's body was never recovered. They moved me into a new apartment. Well, at least that's what I call it, because I feel more at home here than I did at my house. It's storming out. They used to love storms. I do wish someone would believe me, though. They seem to listen to me here, so maybe there's hope? Until then, I'll try to enjoy my time here in my new apartment. So we're going to um, start off talking about the first story, The Girl in the Mirror. Now, it was a pretty short one, but that was crazy. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand how someone could 
just like follow into the basement like that um, after they saw someone clutching them in the mirror. <laughs> I, I'd be out of the house, to be honest with you. I, I don't know what, what is going on in there. But. I mean, I know he's. I know he said that he was interested in the paranormal, but, but clearly we are too. But I don't think I would do that. So props to that guy. And he, didn't he say he was like 13? Oh my god. <laughs> like, like, I'd, be, I'd be running the other way. Like what what possessed yeah. him to like say, oh, let's you know, it's a good idea. Let's just go <laughs> in the basement with this entity, at, maybe. And... at 13 years old, it, the clown from it, Pennywise, was still giving me nightmares, let alone <laughs> let alone a little girl in a mirror that brings me down to a basement and tells me to get out because <laughs> daddy is coming. Yeah, I would instantly think my father something was wrong with my father, and I'm like, oh my god, is he gonna kill me? Like, what? What is this? Oh my god, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, apparently this is true. This is a true story, a true account, at least. Um, There's no way. I mean, it sounds. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to discredit the person who says that it's a true story. I mean, if they saw what they saw, but I didn't, I haven't found anything, you know, how they said that they found an article at the end and after he experimented on them, which is unfathomable, like dear Lord. But I didn't find anything on that. I mean, 1868 was a crazy time. So I wouldn't put it past anyone during that time to be that evil and awful. I'm sure records can get lost, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We all know that's true. I don't know. I didn't find anything. But what I do find interesting about this story is that this idea of the mirror, it pops up a lot in ghost stories. Some of the creepiest legends, creepiest stories, all kind of coming back to this idea of a mirror. You know, like... Um, Bloody Mary, Candyman. Oh, God, um, stop saying the names. <laughs> only settling, isn't it? Like, all these stories, and even from different cultures, found a, a few different stories that I'll tell here in a little bit, or go over in a little bit, that um, have mirrors in it. I remember kind of even back, going back to my childhood, you know, we we're talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark earlier, and I feel a lot of the millennials can relate that Are You Afraid of the Dark is probably rooted in a lot of the fears of millennials um <laughs> when it comes to clowns and ghosts i didn't get into a pool for the longest time because of that oh one. yeah remember that one <laughs> the acid oh my gosh yeah. that was crazy yep yeah uh, we could do a whole episode of just watching are you afraid of dark and reminiscing about that but anyway do you remember that one episode about the girl in the mirror and like she was in that house and they had to figure out and like she would like write on the walls and all of that Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I even remember back when I was a little kid, like that was just one of the first stories that like creeped me out. So I, you know, I kind of got interested and hooked onto this idea of the mirror in the story and that being the title of the story. And, you know, I found this kind of cool fact that, um, you know, even all the way back to ancient Romans, they believe that mirrors or any reflective surface were a reflection of the human soul. And they must not be misused or something terrible could happen and the soul could be lost. Then many cultures all around the world feel that the mirror are portals to other worlds, predictors for the future, and windows to the afterlife. 
I found that very interesting that it kind of goes all, all the way back that far that, you know, that the cult, that culture has been this interested in mirrors. I mean, you kind of have to think about it too, that mirrors are the way we see ourselves, you know, before that, would you have water to reflect? That was a reflection. So I could imagine, you know, when mirrors were developed and people started seeing mirrors, it's probably pretty easy to just start making legends off of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty easy to like scare. Like, what is this sorcery? <laughs> exactly. This magic. What is this black magic? Why is there two of me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and so stories develop around all the time, you know, you have through the looking glass and all that type of thing. I kind of looked around for more stories. I find it very interesting when every culture around the world has the same element in a story, especially ghost stories and horror stories. Um, that same element of fear just always pops up in cultures all around the world. And they could be completely removed from each other, but that element's still there. And I think well, the mirror is one of those things. And, I mean, I found things like, um, did you ever hear the idea of covering a mirror? Yes. Actually, my, uh, my sister and her husband have one in front of their bed, and she just told me the other day that she covered it just because they were going to sleep in front of it. And I was like, well, I guess before she even told me she covered it, I was like, uh, did you cover it before you went to sleep? Because that's bad. And she's like, yes, yes, absolutely. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, but that's a, that's a thing that's existed for like an incredibly long time. Like um, I found that it's comes back to like a superstition that um, it's important because if you don't cover it, the soul um, of the the ones that passed away, it's a superstition, their souls could wander around and get trapped inside the mirror. And there's multiple variations on the superstition all around the world. So it's not even like it came, you know, from one culture. That idea is like everywhere. And even when um found like a fun fact is even when Abraham Lincoln died, um, his wife covered up their mirror after he was assassinated Ooh. yeah and um there's other there's another one called sitting shiva covering the mirrors in a home to protect the living and the dead um i found this on this website it's called twowaymirrors.com it's got a really a lot of cool stories so shout out to that website um it's believed that demons are attracted to homes where tragedy has recently struck like a bad luck magnet Mm -hmm. You know, and then there's Chinese culture as well, has it, that if you carry a corpse past a mirror, they would become a ghost. But until you think about the fact that they'd never be at peace and they'd be haunting you forever. So that's the superstition around that. Especially um, if they like, if I guess the belief is that, this, you know, when the soul leaves the body, if the soul is still trapped in the body, when you're moving it past the mirror. Right, right. That's why it would get captured. In there. Exactly, exactly. And then there was this idea too. Um, like you know the the classic mirror superstitions. If you break it, you get seven years bad luck. Uh -huh. But the cool thing about that is I didn't know is that that goes back to ancient Roman culture too. And their um their thought of the importance of mirrors. They believe the soul regenerated every seven years, and they thought that mirrors reflected not only the physical appearance but also the soul as well. 
So essentially, you're waiting for an entirely new soul to rid yourself of the bad luck over that. But there's one where it's Gettysburg, has a haunted mirror. Um, and there's just, it just goes on and on, uh, the list of all these things. And, you know, obviously there's the skeptics in the world. And then there's things the, you know, I like to look at the science behind these things too. And there's uh, something called the Caputo effect. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't know. Oh um, uh, yeah. Well, basically it's basically, um, it's a psychological effect that leads you to react to sensi de sensory deprivation with your imagination. Basically saying, if you're focusing on something spooky coming out of the mirror, your brain is going to make it seem like there's something there. So if you were chanting Bloody Mary five times, uh. <laughs> or whatever it is, um, if you no, Bloody Mary's three times, right? Candy oh, Mary's five times. You just said times. it three times. I'm not... At a mirror right now. I mean, I could be looking in my, I could be looking in a mirror, but I'm not going to look in a mirror and say it because, yeah, she could pop behind me. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Um, just the, uh, the idea of the, the ghost in the mirror and then how that's always kind of there and kind of popping up. Um, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't find anything on this story, but I mean, it was a, a effectively creepy story. But as you can tell, like those stories kind of pop up around everywhere. Um, and I just think it's real or not. It's an awesome trope um, of the mirror because it is kind of a mysterious object, you know. And, you know, you've seen so many horror films use the idea of the mirror, um, whether it's something crawling out of it or you getting stuck in it or so on and so forth. I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on that story? I think you got a lot of good stuff there. I mean, it, it uh, you, like you said, it captures like all around the world, even way back, you know, in the Roman times, everyone was kind of coming up with this, you know, idea. So maybe you got to think maybe there is some truth behind it to some effect. Yeah, I'd agree. You know, I agree with that. Everything, you know, super, that's what they say about superstition is that, you know, Somewhere along the line, there had to be some truth to the superstition, whether it be a grain of it, you know, mm -hmm. as, as Michael Scott says, I'm a little stitious. Uh, yes, I was going to say <laughs> it, but <laughs> I held back. <laughs> so for you office fans out there, but, um, yeah, so I don't know. You have anything else to say about that story? Um, no, I think you got nailed it right on the head there. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Well, um, how about the tape that you picked out? Um, this one's crazy. My new apartment. How about you uh, go off on that one? All right. Well, let's talk about this. This was quite the adventure, folks. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, um, you know, looks can be deceiving. You know, don't always... Uh, think something's perfect just by looking at it on the outside or not looking at every room um, because, you know, things can change and, you know, always look out for the warnings, you know, even if the subtlest of hints, someone saying, are you sure? Or someone just random comes up to you and talking to them and saying like, oh, do you live on that 
that house on Dead Man's Lane? And the guy was the narrator was like, Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and he was like, Well, you got more guts than I do because I don't even drive by that place. And like, <laughs> now this is like a big guy. Like, if you came across him, you'd be like, Oh, I'm not messing with him, you know? So that's right, kind right, of right, saying right. something. Well, I, and I love that it's like the classic trope of like, the person that warns you yeah <laughs> there's always that person that warns you it's like that the the old guy at the gas station in friday the 13th someone who warns you you're all gonna die you know, all that gonna... Type of... <laughs> oh my gosh i love that guy, that guy. i know that you're all gonna die. <laughs> like, it's great it's classic you, you, you can't there's the best horror movies have that you know so the yeah. best horror stories yeah so it, <laughs> it makes it even better because it's just you know big burly biker guy who's like i'm, I'm not doing that <laughs> like, screw that i'm out <laughs> i know i love I love the part where he's like i hope you found jesus <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh my um, gosh um and then he uh not only is the music like creepy and it's just creeper creepy around that town generally because he's living in this house that everyone has to see, say something about but not really specific um so he goes back and he actually goes to investigate the basement because he's never done that before he's been like maybe a month and he hasn't yeah. investigated the basement how but going back to the rain on the gutter how does that sound like big band music i, I don't know <laughs> i have no idea i mean i can i can I can see you like hearing it and thinking, oh, yeah, that sounds like a tune. But yeah. like to be so specific as big band music. <laughs> it was, I'm like, yeah, you're sitting there just like, oh, let me, let me get along with this beat. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I've heard raindrops and gutters before. I don't hear trumpets and stuff like that when I'm listening to it. But whatever. I mean, no, it's fine. <laughs> Everyone's imagination is different, I guess. Especially when you're freaked out. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I, you think, like you said in the mirror story, it's, you know, if you look in the mirror and you want to see something, it could happen. Yeah. No, you know? that's a that's a good point. Yeah. The Caputo effect. Power of your mind. Yeah. And how you were saying in the beginning of this is like, you know, one of the the messages of the story is that, you know, looks can be deceiving and sounds and things of that can be deceiving. You know, right. there are right. so many things. I have Halloween decorations outside of my house right now, and I keep seeing it flapping in the wind. As Every time I walk by the window, I'm like, what the, the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, it's probably because I've been researching horror stories for like the past like month <laughs> oh yeah right. so you know after watching these films and then this you know urban legends and all that are kind of on the mind <laughs> it's staying darker easier earlier in the morning so now yeah, when i take the dog out i kind of second guess where i normally go because it's kind of dark i'm like <laughs> eh, let's go on the street <laughs> But I'm weird. I like when it gets dark early. I don't know. I'm weird like that, I guess. Maybe it's my spooky side. Oh, 
it's it's fun. I do it sometimes though. Sometimes I'll do it. I'll be like, nah, nah, Pat, you're just being stupid. I'll, and I'll I'll go and walk and I'll be fine. Yeah, but it's just yeah. like a creepy vibe. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I loved about this story? Were like kind of the twist to it. I liked how it started. Kind of like, where is this story going? It's just very like blah, and then whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's what I said. I was reading, yeah, I was watching it and I was like, I don't know if I can get through this, you know, because it's like I was like sitting there, like almost falling asleep, and oh my god, oh my god, what's happening next? What's gonna happen? What are you doing? Have you ever, um, well, I'm sure you've seen the movie, but read or, um, actually looked into the uh, the accounts of the Amityville Horror House? I've seen the movie, I have not. You've seen the remake and the original? Yes. Okay. Well, I recently actually read the book, which is a great book. I recommend it. It's actually a a pretty good read. Um, You know, this this family claims to have witnessed all of this. Um, I think at some point they were found that they were exaggerating a little bit because it is kind of over the top if you read it, but it's a fun read nonetheless. Um, But when they start talking about the red ooze, um, it's not red in Amityville. I believe it's green if i recall correctly but it's that same idea of like oozing out of the houses and like that type of thing <clears throat> and it seemed like was it did you know if this this story was a true account or was it just a fictionalized story um, kind of sounds well, fictionalized but it, it, i mean yeah because of like everything yeah i mean like he went yeah i i would say i i think it's like not nah, i think it's fiction but because uh, I looked up like things, I tried to look up where the the places and everything like that. The but, dead man's lane. Yeah, and nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the only thing that came up was Delaware. It didn't like. There's no hmm. address. It like striked it out when I looked it up. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, that gets just gets to the next point. I mean, it was um, a funeral home, or I think, oh, that's right? that's not shady at all. And I guess in the end of the story, you know, all the bodies were buried underneath the house, and that's what yeah. Like, and I was like, sh- I was like, oh. this is like Poltergeist. Remember the film Poltergeist? Oh man, yes. He's but like, like you moved the headstones and you left the body. You moved <laughs> the headstones and you left the body. <laughs> yeah, that that's what it reminded me of. But that's cool. And then, I mean, from the way that the account is, it sounds more like Poltergeist. Because if I'm correct on this is that ghosts are more like apparitions but poltergeists are more of a physical entity that can move and hurt can hurt it can actually hurt i mean at least that's in the poltergeist film um but i believe that's like the you know if you get into the paramore paranormal community i think that's it i don't quote me on that but um (laughs) you know something like that but that was what was cool about that story is I kind of got in that. And then the twist at the end, I liked how it went. I liked how it like kind of transitioned into it. Right. Because when you when you obviously everyone listening, you know, they'll they'll say, well, why is it called my new apartment if it's about a house? Right. Well, it's because at the end of the story, he calls his new apartment and he describes it as um a mental hospital basically so yeah yeah ends up being committed because of what he saw and what happened to him right no one believed him 
and he they thought he killed the the seller to the house. Yeah, and what's crazy is that like they never found Mr. B. So right. was he an apparition? Was he just something that was made up in this guy's head? Um, was well, that's what I was he actually like... murdered by him? Like, what is the, you know, that kind of leaves it open at the end of the story there. But um, I like that it leaves it open. You know, it's always always a fun horror story when it just kind of leaves it open at the end um, where you kind of have to think, like, what happened? And right. a, to me, those are the good stories where you go back and you're like, you're questioning it where it could have been this way or could have been that way. It keeps you talking, you know. Right. <clears throat> the uh, the mental the mental hospital trope is, you know, obviously a very used one. You know, it's not a new thing. Right. <laughs> but in this scenario, it works and it works out well. I agree. But, um, yeah. Do you read it? Did you think you heard growls in your house or anything? Oh my gosh! Like, uh, like <laughs> my dog does not growl. Bark very much, yeah. But like, I knocked something over the other day, and I nearly pooped myself because <laughs> I thought I heard something moving around. I I think it was the washer because like, you know I I did just start the washer. It can kind of sound like that. It was coming from the basement, but we'll let you decide. <laughs> there it is again. There's that Caputo effect again. It came back up. It's a good thing I looked that up. <laughs> because it seems more like it's you know. up a lot. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> but according to according to the legend, the films that we rented are supposed to come and haunt us. What do you think about that? Hmm. Well please, please no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we each should probably document like if it does happen. So we'll let our listeners know um, if I see anything spooky tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, same with you, Pat. Anything? If you see anything spooky, make sure you document it, and we'll uh, talk about it on the next episode. All right. And um, honestly, like <laughs> I loved the films; they were great. It was a great time watching them. So I'm definitely going back, even though we got <laughs> Doctor Vink dude is a little strange um it's fine it's fine we'll have to get his name this time because we came back right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i know what the heck is his name he didn't even tell us he didn't even need tag, tag on. on i know i oh. know <laughs> the place was so like maybe it was his house and he just had like this like weird 80s loop going on in repeat did you notice that yeah. of course <laughs> i did uh, i mean it was great there. it added it added to it i was like yes this is exactly what i pictured when i heard about this place so we're definitely going back we're definitely running more films and we're definitely going back over these stories because yeah uh, i think that was a fun time but yeah we'll we'll let you know if we get spooked by anything tonight oh, um gosh. But other Bigger than that, no. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Put the salt around my bed. Oh my gosh! <laughs> all right, all right, Pat. Well, um, all right. See you guys later. We will see you in this. Um, at least two more stories. We don't know when we go there if we rent more, we rent more. I'm not sure, but we will have at least two stories for you guys for Halloween week. So enjoy the spooky season. Woo-hoo.
I just, I, I heard something. I heard some crying from the basement. 